Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, only four episodes this week, one and a half Scorpio sightings, and Ryan starts getting creepy. It's the GH Report next. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Oh, that music is playing. That means it's time for the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV. This is a show, of course, where we like to you know, dive deep into and discuss and analyze all the comings and goings and ins and outs and drama and hilarity that make up every single week of General Hospital. I'm one of your hosts, and the lesser of the two, Frank Moran. <laughs> and I'm your co-host, Carla Renata. What's up, Frank? Not much, Carla. Uh, you know, before we get into all the other uh, business at work, though, we should look way out here into our studio audience. Let's give a shout out to our special studio audience member, Karen. Look at that <laughs> sitting in. Yes. It's good for Karen. Come on, Carla. I love how Frank always acknowledges my guests that do not want to be acknowledged. So thanks for that. You're welcome. I was happy to do so. She did not come all the way down here to just sit in a room and not be acknowledged. Uh, yes, she did. Nope. Not while I'm around. I'm going to acknowledge a fellow human being. All right, Karen, then. welcome. There you go. I apologize. You have to watch me in action. That's a, that's a shame. <laughs> Now, as always, folks, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and Carla's got her iPad up and running, which means the chat is up and running. Yes. And I know your folks are somewhere, some of you are in there, especially like Kelly from PEI. I'm sure just chatting away in there. So keep those chat and thoughts and comments coming. Carla loves to read those. I do. They give me life. And first up, they're talking about Ava. Oh, Ava. Ava. Well, you know, that's true because we didn't really get a chance to dive deep into the Ava stuff last week. Yeah, Ava so and Kiki and all that. So <laughs> Let's just jump into it. They're uh, saying Ava needs to get her butt whooped. Uh, well, they didn't say butt. They used another word, but I'm saying butt. Keister? <laughs> um, no. It Booty? would start with an A. <laughs> hmm. But Insty Who. Yeah, Ava. Ava's really interesting because Ava is... Like an impetulant child who probably shouldn't have been somebody's mother. Because how are you going to treat your child with the same disdain that you would treat another adult? And that's your child. You know, she says that Kiki has it coming to her. And she's going on and on about with Kiki flaunting Griffin in her face. It's like, Griffin was too young for you to begin with. So there's that. Well, she's had her thing for the younger men before. I know, because she dealt with uh, Michael's brother. What was his name? Morgan. So she was dealing with Morgan, and we saw how that turned out. And now she was dealing with Griffin. We saw how that turned out. And now she's all pissy because her daughter, because Griffin has a thing for her daughter and vice versa. Because they can relate more. They're the same age. Like, come on, girl. Get your life. I can't with you. Well, and we talked, I mentioned this a little bit last week, too. It's that... Anybody who mentions the fact that Ava did this multiple times with Kiki, to Kiki, with Morgan, she will not have any of that. She and she could, Right. And she had no remorse. None. Like, she, I take that back. She would say she was sorry. Like, oh, Kiki, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And then go right back and do it again. So she wasn't really sorry. She was more, yeah. she's selfish. She was more about 
her own selfish needs and wants than she was about her daughter's needs and wants. She didn't care. And now she's pretending that she cares. She said, I loved Griffin. No, you didn't. Because somebody that loved Griffin wouldn't hold on to test results and then use them against him the minute he made you mad. That's not what you call loving somebody. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Ava operates with a scorched earth policy. So you <laughs> you do her a slight and she just burns everything around you that you care and love about. And in the chat room, they said they love when Kiki slapped the hell out of her. She had it coming, though. <laughs> she had that coming. That was a slap very well deserved and a long time coming. Well, and Ava does this thing where she will just lay into Kiki and just say very hurtful things. And then Vicious as soon as Kiki, things. Yeah, and Kiki will just like... Well, that's it. You don't have to worry about ever seeing me again because we're done. And then walk out. And then she'll do that turn where she's like, it looks like the wounded animal. She's like, mm, wow, what's happening? Why? What happened? I'm like, oh. I can't stand right. whiny Ava. Whiny Ava just is like nails on a blackboard to me. I cannot stand her for that. Well, let's talk about Ava just in general for a second. Do you find that she is a character that you love to hate? Yes, Absolutely. She is a character that I love to hate. Like, honestly, I would be sad if she weren't there because she gives me something to talk about. But I, but they're making her very one-dimensional right now, and I, and I need for them to make her a little bit more multifaceted. Because for a minute, she was a little more multifaceted, and then she was even more fun to hate. <laughs> but now she's just kind of one note, don't you think? I feel like more often than not, she seems to have been one note for the lot of time that she's been on the show. Mm. It's just I feel like they... She's almost invariably set up to always be the loser in any situation. Right. Well, no, I don't know. How about when she slept with Sonny in the crypt, like well, back yeah. in the day day? Oh, that, that was a highlight. I'm sure everybody <laughs> was like, if we're talking about Ava's accomplishments, yeah, A plus for sleeping in a crypt. I mean, not, not, for, not for sleeping in a crypt, but I'm just saying that that wasn't, when she was dealing with Sonny and that whole situation being pregnant, she was never acting like the wounded animal until he threatened to take her out if anything happened to the baby. Well, then the whole custody, then she was kind of portrayed as the loser for that. With and, Avery, yeah. Oh, and then It's just been an ongoing thing. Let's not forget her, her time uh, posing as her identical twin sister. That was the worst storyline ever <laughs> with the black hair. I was like, really? Did they really just put her in a black wig? That was so not... Yeah, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even have a discussion about that because when that happened, I was like, is that what we're doing right now? Okay. And I'm supposed to believe this? All right. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're try, trying to show that just through sheer force of will, she can make the world bend to what she wants it to do. Oh, hell no. I got to come out of the sweater. It's hot. <laughs> All Ooh. right. There you go. Dun, dun, uh, you know. dun, no. <laughs> <laughs> ba-bum. Ba-bum. <laughs> You have family here, <laughs> Carla. Please. Oh, she. Right. Look, she's family, but no, she knows. She know no. me. We've known each other our whole lives. It's all good. It's, it's this robing in front of family is fine. That's right. Whatever. Whatever. So, yes. Who else we want to talk about? We didn't talk about Kiki. We didn't talk about Ava. We want to delve right into the big fish of the week, Ryan. Or we want to save him for last. Now, let's talk, because I love myself some John Lidstrom. We all know that. And uh, I've talked about how excited I am to get any any of Mac and Felicia more involved in a storyline. So we got Creepy Ryan. <laughs> and Creepy Ryan gets a chance to finally, you know, sit across from Felicia. He was living this week. My favorite Felicia and Ryan moment was when she said, hold on, let me find it. When she said to him that he tried to take the life from her, he tried to take away from her. 
um, her family and her friends, and now she has them, and now he's not there. And she said, and she's so glad that he'll never be able to touch her again. And then John Lindstrom reached across that table and held her hand. I'm like, whoever, I don't know if that was an acting choice on John Lindstrom's part, or if that was the director's choice, or if it was written in the script or what it was, but that was freaking brilliant. Yeah. That he, was a great moment. He, uh, I, I'm and really enjoying this and, and and just seeing some veterans get a chance to really dig their teeth into a, mm-hmm. a good storyline. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping just that what we've seen a little bit of Lucy and Mac and Felicia that this continues to be uh, fully explored with all those characters involved. Especially when you add Laura back into the mix too. Yeah. I really want to see the uh, the veterans have a chance to really shine in a story. It's going to be a lot of flashback situation going on I think. Well, of course. If you got footage back from you know like 25 years I ago. Love that th- but yeah. this is what I this is one of the things I love about General Hospital. They're so good at bringing people back to the show that have been there for eternity, mm-hmm. um, bring people in and out that they do have that footage to go back to. And then we get to see them. And it's so funny because in the current day, we forget how really young they were when they first came on the show. A lot of them were like in their 20s. Yeah. You know, and so to see them with those little fresh baby faces is so cute. That I love sweet it. sweet 90s John Lindstrom hair. I know. Uh. And, but we talked about that before, how they... <laughs> How they took his hair and flipped it over to one side to have him be Ryan. I'm like, oh, my God, really? Is that what we're going to do to make the difference? Okay, there's that. But um, the other thing about Ryan that was really interesting is that he's starting to discover relationships between people that might be able to work, that he might be able to have work to his advantage, like him discovering the relationship between Maxie and Peter Mm -hmm. and how his ears kind of perked up because Maxie's Felicia's kid, you know, and he's kind of like, oh, so you have this son and you like this dude named Peter? Okay. And then we see how he's trying to manipulate, manipulate Franco. We see how Peter has come to him and saying that he wants to talk to him, so we don't know how he's going to end up manipulating Peter, but I can kind of see that coming. And I don't know if Peter's going to end up being in a situation where Anna will have to come to his defense in that regard with with um, with Ryan or not. We're also seeing um, Lucy, because Lucy is flaky and as crazy as Lucy Co is, she is nobody's fool, and she's already peeping that something's not quite right. It's go- only going to be a matter of time before she figures out what time it is. Yeah, it's, uh, and I curious. think it's going to be sooner than later, don't you think? With it's, her, it's tough to figure out with. Uh, GH, because sometimes they'll accelerate a storyline and sometimes they'll really draw a story out. And I don't know how they're going to play this one. If they're going to really slow burn this, if they let John, because if they're really loving what John Lindstrom is doing, is Ryan, and they just want to really milk it. I think that I don't think they're going to milk it with like there's only so much milking that you can because Lucy has said on numerous occasions already she's peeped that his behavior is not quite right. And then every time she would try to comfort him, like if that was Kevin that she was trying to comfort, he would be all about it. But every time she tries to comfort Ryan, he seems oh so annoyed at the fact that she even touched him. Well, but also I could see her thinking that, I mean, true, but she did cheat on Kevin with Scotty. So I don't know how, I mean, Kevin But she apologized be, for that too. Well, yeah, but I don't know but how. But she apologized to Ryan, not Kevin. So. Yeah. So... I, I I don't know how Kevin would necessarily act to some touches from a uh, woman that kind of really broke his heart. But that's just it. We've seen we've seen Lucy and Kevin in scenes before on GH post, um, not post. Well, post their 
post their breaking up where they've touched, they've hugged, they've even pecked each other on, on the cheek. And it wasn't that repulsive reaction from Kevin. So the fact that Ryan's being all like, ill, why are you touching me? Do you have cooties kind of reaction is making her go. Something is not quite right. She called, remember she called him Mr. Grumpy yeah. and said that, you know, maybe he was missing Laura or whatever, and that she was going to make it her mission to, you know, keep him, occupied until Laura got back in town and that's what makes me think they're planning something for him to do something to Lucy it, uh, or, or threaten her or something because she's she's on to him well I, I hopefully whatever it is is one of those things where it uh, takes her out of the picture but it's not, uh, not I don't think they're gonna kill her I don't think yeah, they're gonna kill there's her. no way you get rid of Lynn Herring uh, even if you don't use her as often as I think a lot of fans would like like to have her be used you still have the nurses' ball every year, and she's too integral to the nurses' exactly. ball. Exactly. No, they're not going to kill her. They're just going to have him do. They're going to have him do something to her to keep her um, indisposed for a minute, and then and something. There's going to be some event or something that she's attached to that people are going to wonder where she is, and it'll make it'll probably make um, Mac or somebody go look for her. Like you Maybe. know what I mean. I mean, certainly I'm, when you I'm, get... I'm just, you know, spitballing. I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know. It sounds like you've been in the writer's room. I haven't been in the writer's room, <laughs> but I am a writer, so there there, maybe that, there's that. I figure it'll be interesting to see how long it uh, he is just walking around Port Charles before he decides, like, you know what? I need to take my first victim, whoever it may be, whether it's Lucy or just somebody else, some random person. I think person. he's going to try Felicia, because did you see the look on his face when Felicia was talking about him? The more she talked, the madder he got. Like if he could have reached across that table and punched in her throat, he pro- punched her. If he could have reached across the table and punched her in her throat, he probably would have. Because he looked, he was incensed, incensed by what she said. Uh, yeah, I, but I, I'd be curious to see what he, because Felicia, the one that got away, but is that mm-hmm. just one that got away because he's obsessed with her or one that got away because of somebody that he wanted to kill and she got away from him in that respect. I think there. I think it's all that, and I also think that he secretly has a thing for Felicia and is annoyed that she's not attracted to him. I think he's annoyed that there's not something in her psyche that is turned on by the fact that he's crazy. You know, people that from from what I've read about serial killers, each one of them usually. Real serial killers, not the ones we see on TV in a soap. But serial killers have the biggest thing that for them is their ego. So the reason they do what they do in the first place is to placate their ego, to get attention. They have these big egos that need a lot of attention. So in the in the premise for the premise of the soap for General Hospital, this is a character who's serial killer ego needs a lot of attention and he's getting it from all these different people coming to him thinking that he's his brother for guidance and counseling when he knows full well that there's nothing that he can do he's getting people coming to him for advice that don't know that um he counsels people he's getting all these people coming in his direction and then he's switching up the exact opposite of what kevin said for the treatment for the people that he does treat so he's saying the exact opposite of what Kevin told them they should do. And people are looked... Did you see how they looked at him at that table with some of the stuff he said? They were like, what, what is wrong with... Why did you say that? <laughs> like, what are you thinking? What do you mean? And then Felicia... Even Felicia was like, you know, but you're not like... You're not like Ryan. And then she goes in on Ryan. Like, for a whole monologue, goes in on Ryan. And the more she talks about him, the pissier he gets. And the more his ego is is 
being dragged through the mud, and he's not having it. He's not having any of that at all. She said that um, that at the end of the day, she won. He's dead, and so you know she's got to live the life that she wants to live. Yeah. But he knows that he's not. He's sitting right in front of her face. I'm I'm eager to know what's going to happen when she figures out that it was Ryan that actually touched her hand and not Kevin. Like, is she going to remember that she even said that? Um, uh, I, I would remember. I think I would remember that. Because yeah. that's kind of creepy. He's just creepy. He's not as creepy as, as Dr. Bench, though. <laughs> that's, old, <laughs> he, yeah. that's a whole other different type of creep. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got to Dr. Bench. Uh, but you know what? And here's a great segue. You know who's not creepy? A great AfterBuzz fans there, you know. Wow, that was here, <laughs> what a great, what a great uh, praise there. Shh, quiet, Siri. Oh. There's nothing to read. That's right, Siri. <laughs> but I disagree. There is something to read right now uh, because you know what? AfterBuzz, our you know our network produces after shows for nearly. All your favorite TV shows, from dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. No network works harder to serve you, the TV fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you. Yes, you out there in Kelly uh, and PEI. Uh, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't worry about them because they're optional. So hit the subscribe button now for this channel and check out all our other AfterBuzz TV channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments. Carla Renata, the Kirby critic herself, is going to uh, compose. She's going to write. She's probably about her writing skills. She's going to write, write you a nice little mini biography that you can use or anything. I did not brag. Okay, I did yeah. not brag about my writing skills. I said I could write. I didn't say I was like Ernest Hemingway or nothing. I just said I could write. Oh, I was a brag. So she'll write you a nice little <laughs> mini bio that's going to make you seem so awesome that you can use for like flyers um, or events no, that come up in your life. <laughs> She will. She's He's lying. She, she'll do it. So just make sure you mention that in the comments so you can start working on that, that carefully crafted mini bio for you. Um, no, don't do that. And for now, though, uh, thanks for being the, uh, the best TV fans in the world and a big AfterBuzz fans and helping us become the ESPN of TV talk. Well, that was a nice soapbox moment. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So let's see. Who else did we see? Um, we saw... Oh... <laughs> There, I, let me flip back to Kiki for just a second. So there was that moment that she had with Griffin where she said that um, Maxie and Nina were coming to her about doing a fashion fashion spread for Crimson. Yes. And when they said hashtag GH2, I was like, oh, so that's what it's called? Because <laughs> they never said what the hashtag was. I assumed it was hashtag me too, but no. It's hashtag GH2. So there's that. And then <laughs> every... Everybody in the world is like looking at as General Hospital as the leading hospital. So it's like, oh my gosh, this even affected General Hospital? Oh. Uh, GH2. So there's that. And then there's that moment where she's like, well, you know, I don't think I should, you know, be in a fashion spread after everything that happened. And Griffin's all like, well, why should you hide how beautiful you are? And she's like, really? You think I'm beautiful? I'm like, <laughs> okay, and here we go. Uh, I mean, the, it, we've been speculating about what's going to happen with Doctor Bench, so that could definitely be something once that magazine gets published. That uh, boom, he's out, and you know, the newsstand as he's walking around trying to find another job, and she's at she's <laughs> that magazine hope, that kind of fires it back up again. Let's hope he never rears his ugly head again. Oh, but let's um, let's hit the biggest storyline that that hit GH this week, and that was Oscar finding out about his condition. Yes. Uh, 
I've not been in the position where you've had to tell such devastating news to uh, a child, and especially one that is your own child. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some rough scenes there, and you could understand the the confusion and the anger that Oscar is having towards Kim and Drew. I think the young man that played Oscar did a really good scene. That scene with him and Drew and Kim in her office, where he was like, "Is it true? How much time do I have?" He went he went from being overly optimistic. To the point of, okay, so I have this, so what kind of treatment do I get? When do I start? He went from that to, I hate you, why didn't you tell me this is my life? You should let me make a decision about my own life. I mean, the multitude of emotions that he underwent in the course of that was absolutely fabulous. He did Mm -hmm. a wonderful job. Wonderful, wonderful job. And uh, Kim, for all her... What may have been good intentions on her part, just everything that uh, Drew had kind of been warning about kind of uh, ended up happening. Yeah, I mean, she's just a mom trying to do right by her kid. And I think, her, like you said, her she had good intentions. She wanted him to not have a birthday that was colored with the fact that he was sick. She just wanted him to enjoy one good birthday without knowing that he had a brain tumor. And then <laughs> Cameron's ass just messed all of that up. Well, you know, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw the blame at Cameron on this. I mean, I'm gonna throw the blame at Cameron because Cameron was the one that got up in his face at the shelter. True, I mean, that's you know a, what I mean. The wrong way to go about and, this, and so and and that's why he left the shelter. He left the shelter because Cameron was up in his face, going, "Why don't you tell her the truth? How, you're a liar. You're this, that, and the other." And he's like, "I'm not." And but then there was that moment where they were going back and forth, and Oscar says, "My parents would tell me, wouldn't they?" And then at in that moment, you realize he realizes that he needs to go and ask them because maybe what Cameron is saying is the truth, and they just haven't told him. And then we see that scene in the hospital where he confronts them. But if Cameron had never said anything to him, he wouldn't have known. True, but I will at least I'll give it up for Cameron. For a that he, yeah, true, but he does realize that. Oh, wait a second, this is not something that Oscar's doing to hurt Jocelyn. He himself doesn't even know. So I feel like Cameron also kind of regrets. Stirring this whole pot up and, yep. and being somewhat responsible for this whole uh, train starting to roll in terms. And of to his credit, it. he didn't when he was with Joss and Joss kept going, "Why isn't he calling me back? Where is he?" Blah blah blah. blah. And she was asking all those questions. Cameron could have easily come out and said, "Well, this is what happened, and this is why he like he could have said everything, could have told her everything." And to his credit, he didn't pop off at the mouth. So I had a little bit more respect for Cameron in that moment. He's like, "Yeah, we got to go to history class. Come on, let's go." Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, it's tough to figure out. Like, you know, teenagers are going to react to to, to different things uh, in different Mm -hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. But I also can see the hand of the GH writers in that, where it's, I don't know if I necessarily buy that Cameron would see that on the screen and then all of a sudden jump to, like, thinking that Oscar's lying yeah, about this. I thought that was odd, too. But I, the writers needed something to kind of get that twist. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the other thing that I appreciated about the Oscar storyline last week is the fact that when he did, you know, run off to just clear his head, the one person that he confided in was Jason. And I love how Jason didn't make his presence known when Kim and Drew showed up to come get him. Like, that was just, that was really stellar on his part. And then I love how Jason peeped the fact that the reason why um, Sam was so dogmatic and him keeping or reestablishing a relationship with Drew is because she knew what was going on with Oscar, which, which brings him back 
to Sam and I hollered when that music started because I'm like, I know that Frank is having a nervous breakdown right now. That uh, you know, it's great. We're we're talking about you know talking about a, a child dying and we're gonna throw that song in, man. <laughs> oh, come on now, GH. I knew you were like, what is uh, happening? It was just rough. Uh, you know, it is. Jason is a great character. I feel like to, that you can put him in those kind of scenes with any sort of character because I feel like he doesn't judge. He no. listen to what you have to say. That's the one characteristic about that character that I really like, that he has the ability not to judge, which is really interesting because before he had the accident back in the day and his personality kind of changed, he was very much that person, him along with his brother AJ. And since the accident, he's become not that person because of the personality he's taken on and the life he's taken on. With son, you know, with helping Sonny and everything, yeah. but that is one of the qualities I love about that character that he is non-judgmental. But he's also very black and white too. Which, yeah, there's no gray at yes. all. <laughs> so when you get somebody like Franco, boom, that does it. It's like I don't care. I will immediately see you uh, in a hospital and punch you right in the face. <laughs> punch him in his throat. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. So, but that's why I think I I like about that. He has like this moral compass about him that works. And if you're, if you're on his, on the right side, you're right. And if you're on the wrong side for whatever he thinks, Mm -hmm. that's it. There's Mm -hmm. no, there's no coming back from it. And I love that he, he was the person that, that made Oscar call his parents because he wasn't going to call his parents. He actually was going to try to jump off that pier, wasn't he? Well, I knew he was going to for sure throw his phone in there. Oh, so, cause, and then uh, Jason was like, you don't want to do that. So I was like, oh, is he trying to throw himself in there? No. What's going on? But, yeah, I, I love the fact that they had that conversation and that Oscar very bluntly was like, you know, what's it like to die? Because he knows that, you know, Jason knows what that's like to think, to, to be in a situation where you thought you were dead, somebody brought you back to life, <laughs> you have to come back with people thinking you were dead and you having to convince them that you're not like, you know, that whole situation, as crazy as it is, is still um, gives him the perspective of being able to speak on that subject where a lot of people in Port Charles may not right now. It is. those. I feel like that is the most frustrating thing to, to, to be kind of self-aware in a soap opera universe where you have seen someone or well, you know the story of someone that was shot pretty much, you know, almost point blank, <laughs> falling off a pier, you know, disappeared for five years and mm-hmm. it's coming back. It's mm-hmm. like, if somebody can get away with this, you know, uh, then how come I can't get what's wrong with me solved? Exactly. And that's, and that's why I love that conversation because his mindset went right there. And he was like, okay, so how, so what's that like? And can you talk to me about that? And I love that they had that, they had, a, they had the conversation that Drew and Oscar should have been able to have. But weren't able to because of his anger at the situation and how it went down. Uh, for sh- yes, and I mean having Kim right there as well too is not uh, not helpful at all. Mm. But at least Kim was honest and said, like you know, Drew wanted to tell you much sooner. And but I love how she just came out with it. She that, that again back to that scene. That scene was really good. Like she was, she didn't mix her words. She wasn't like. She was like, Oscar, honey, you have cancer. Like, boom, it was just that simple. And then the camera was on his face, and we got to see him let that sink in for a second and then ask, well, what kind of, what do you mean? Like, I love how the, the whoever directed that episode, I love how the camera was on the person reacting sometimes as opposed to the person speaking mm-hmm. so that we could see how Oscar felt as opposed to just, 
listening to the other person spouting out dialogue at him. I really, really, really enjoyed that more than anything. And I feel, I feel like as a doctor for one and a mother, if you're going you're gonna to rip that Band-Aid off, you know, you, there's no sense in trying to kind of equivocate or, oh, let me give you like the, the optimistic side. No, I'm just going to tell you point blank what the deal is. If, I'm gonna, if we're doing this, then I've got to give you it all. Absolutely. And two other things I wanted to bring up was, um, <laughs> you know, Aunt Stella, Aunt Stella, Aunt Stella and Jordan. I'm going to need for Aunt Stella to get her life and stop blaming Jordan. Her blaming Jordan for Thomas's death is not going to bring Thomas back. But it sure as hell is going to prevent her from having any type of happy ending with Curtis because she just cannot get over it. And I don't understand. Like, I get I, part of me gets it. But part of me is like, this doll has come at you several times. Like, she's doing everything and anything she can to make amends for y'all to move forward. And you are just not bending at all. You are just like the most stubborn oak tree ever. It's because that scene kind of thinks like uh, in terms of a soap opera as opposed to real life. In a soap opera, if you're seeing those scenes and they're kind of repeating again and again and right. again, that we've seen many times in many different stories, I, as a viewer, I get irritated because you're like, let's just move on. Say yes to this or no, and so we can move on to the next thing. Don't you feel like they – I don't know if they did that to see if they, to see what kind of chemistry the, the young lady that's playing Jordan now is going to have with with um, Stella. I don't, I don't know if that's why they – because it seemed like an, act, an exact repeat – of the scene that happened in the therapy room, just not as intense, right? Mm-hmm. But then I'm also thinking, in real life, I think people hold grudges, and they they, they are inflexible in terms they of. They do. But and it's one thing like to understand in real life, but as a viewer watching a show, you're like, I, move on already. Yeah, <laughs> watching that same, watching you butt up against a brick wall gets yeah. tiresome after a while. Yeah, it's like let's move on already. And then um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was. Mar- uh, D.A. Dawson, Margot Margo Dawson, um, how she finally revealed that, that this dude, the body that they found in the back of Charlie's, uh, what's his name, Vincent Marino, is her dad. Now, this is the problem that I have with that storyline. If the body that they found is her father, why is she continued to, to why, is, why are they continuing to allow her to work on that case. Like, that's a conflict of interest. She shouldn't even be working on it. She should right? absolutely just step back from that. She's too she's too close. I'm just, she's like, I'm going to, like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing nothing. You need to step to the side. I'm, I need for Jordan to get her up out of there. Yeah. I, why that wasn't the first thing, that after Jordan said, why didn't I know about this sooner, to you can't be on this case. Right. We got to move you aside. Right. I'm like... I have a problem with that. I have a huge problem with that. I'm like, so we're going to have her be dogmatic to pursue this just because it involves Sonny Corinthos? That's not okay. Like, I need for her to step to the side and let somebody else handle that case. It's a conflict of interest. I mean, and even though it's a soap opera, it's still a freaking conflict of interest. Yeah. You know? It, it, uh, and I don't know if it's because I haven't cared about Margot. The fact that you've given us this critical piece of information about her where it's like, Wow. Okay. You know, she lost her father to Sonny. Gosh, that's really motivating. That's harsh, but I. But I don't. You've made Marco Margo so unlikable to me that I don't really care. care. Mm-hmm. If I had really liked Margo, and then I find out this devastating news, mm-hmm. then I'd be like, I agree. Well, with this you. would be kind of an interesting fight because I, I can. I'm, I'm sympathetic towards her, mm-hmm. and I can understand Sonny. And let's see what happens when two sympathetic people kind of go at each other. 
But Margo, oof, I, I just, no. I just, they made her so harsh and so dogmatic when she showed up on the scene that as a viewer, I feel like I didn't have any time to develop any sort of empathy toward her. Because every time you see her, she's got some new hatch plan about how she wants to take somebody down. I'm like, can you just like take a break? Yeah. I don't understand. And I still, I can see them trying what they're trying to make happen between Drew and Margot, mm-hmm. but I just don't feel it. Me either. When they kiss, it's kind of awkward, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh. It's just like, you know, it'd be, I'm, I'm all for Drew moving on to another relationship, but this one just does not. I don't think this is going to be the one for him. I really don't. Well, because you see what the, the I feel like the writing on the wall is going to be like, hey, I've got the, she's going to come clean. So I've got this flash drive. And if you want the flash drive, you got to give me dirt on Sonny so that I can convict him. I don't think she's going to come clean. I think he's going to find it. Because from, yeah. from, a, from, a, from a writing standpoint and from a viewer standpoint, I would rather see that than have her come clean. Because that's so predictable that we would have seen that coming a mile away. But if she's coming clean in the sense that she's almost, I don't want to say blackmailing Drew, but getting Drew to do what she wants. Where I'll give you your memories back, but you got to give me something and you got to get some dirt on Sunny. Which at that point, then it's like even more unlikable. Then why do I even care? Exactly. So I, I want them to give me a reason to have empathy for her. Because I, I like that actress. She's been acting on ABC soaps for quite some time. She was on All My Children for years and years and years. I can't remember her real name, but I remember her face. And she was on All My Children for a really long time. And she's a great actress. But I'm going to need them to give me a reason to feel empathetic toward her. Because right now I could care less. It, I feel like, and it's always the, the the troubled part of a soap opera, especially where we're there's a person in a profession that is you know kind of um, you know just illegal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, disreputable. But we have grown to at least the majority of the fan base has grown to love him over the course of time, mm-hmm. uh, like Sonny Corinthos, mm-hmm. where it's like, wow, we really should be rooting for Sonny, hoping he gets out of the sticky situation, mm-hmm. but then also thinking he's killed, he killed a person. So, but uh, even he said that if he had. And this is one of the reasons why I I love the way they write for him. Because even he said when he was talking to Jason, he's like, you know what? Or was he talking to Carly? I forget which one of them he was talking to. But one of them, he was talking to them. And he said, you know what? Even if I had to go back in time and do this all over, I would have done it the exact same way. I don't, I would have done the exact same thing. I think he said it to Jason. Yeah. Because then Carly... Carly's no he said it to Carly and then Carly communicated that to Jason that's what it was and I was like but I can respect that I can respect the fact that they had that character admit that yeah I did it no I don't feel sorry for it and I would have did it again if given the opportunity I really respect that they're making that character own up to who he is and not backpedal from it but I feel like Carly will apologize for that or like you know Sonny he's new I'm worried about but she didn't though she even she said, you know, I think he would have done it exactly the same way. What uh, to jump with uh, uh, another conversation that Carly had with somebody outside of her family was a scene that she had with Franco right outside before they were going oh, to pick up. Was she threatened to punch Elizabeth in the throat? Yeah, or it's like <laughs> ease up, Carly. You know, sure, Franco's not you know has got you know some stuff in his past for sure, not great at all. But hold on, Sonny's not some paragon of virtue or, and, and, you know, hold on there. And I love that he was like, yo, I helped you escape from that hospital. I thought we were good. She was like, um, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> like, what 
what is that all about? That made me laugh out loud. That actually was kind of funny. I was like, okay, so we only going to show Carly for a split second, and then we're going to show her popping off on people. It was kind of funny. But I love how each episode, since she got out of Ferncliff, she's getting tanner and tanner. Of co- man, of course. If you were locked up in an asylum for a long time, when you want to be going to second of that UV? <laughs> But she came out of the asylum tan. How, what did she do? She slept in a tan bed while she was in Ferncliff? I That's don't right. think so. There you go. Did you see those scenes where they give her those Get little out goggles out of her eyes? Get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. All right. So I guess you know, before we wrap up, we probably should do a little bit of the uh, the, the news and the gossips. The news. Yay. After Buzz TV News. There you go. Yes. So, hey. Uh, Jeannie Francis, I mean, her time is coming. Get ready for the the excitement of the, uh, when Laura arrives into town. There, it's uh, it basically because we had only four episodes this week. Thursday was preempted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it bumped uh, Laura's first episode back, which means we won't see her until Monday. So oh. we were going to see her to kind of close out the week, but now we'll see her to start off the week. Oh, so that's get ready good. For that. We always can use a little, little Laura in the in the mix. We yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, it's, and now it's only going to be a quick pop pop up because again, it was supposed to be Friday, the weekend cliffhanger. So it's going to be that. Just get ready so for they're, it. Like, now they're, they're like, going to have to re-edit it. That's messed up. It'll be the last scene of the episode where it's like, oh, Laura, hey, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, of course, we're also going to get uh, Spencer's coming back into town as well, too. So get ready to see how long. I'll be curious. I don't know how long is he's going to be old around. Spen- is it the old Spencer or, or have Speckle. they aged him up and he's a different person? No, no way. Because I'm like, they got to have the old Spencer because he's hilarious. Yeah, it's. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how he's going to interact with Cameron. Mm. Like that's gonna like be weird. Cameron's like big and he, okay. Yeah, so that's when they get, <laughs> that's when it starts getting kind of weird. Like okay, right. yeah. I mean, unless uh, unless Nicholas has had some kind of growth spurt as well since uh, we've last seen him. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, and of course uh, we're getting a little uh, flirtation with Christina. She had a little bit about going to a concert. I know with, with Miss mm. Daisy. Hello, yes. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, so we'll see if uh, anything happens there. Uh, but we also uh, again to talk about something we mentioned last week is that viewers are always uh, interested in a, uh, a Valerie Christina uh, perhaps pairing as well too. They're so. saying in the chat room. They're saying Drew and ja- uh, Valerie. They're saying Chase and Valerie. Drew and Valerie. Yeah, Drew and Valerie and Chase and Valerie. So they're just throwing everybody at Valerie. <laughs> wow. Well, you know what would be great to be thrown at Valerie? And that is a storyline. Oh. We can get a storyline thrown at Valerie. That would be fantastic. Uh, to only have her come in and deliver news to Julian. Uh, you said it. Yes. Uh, so that's our little hot uh, little casting news right there. As we're getting ready to wrap up the show, one thing we didn't touch on is that uh, my tiresomeness of the, the Brad Lucas storyline uh, you know, Brad... Uh, I'm tired of him being a nervous uh, wreck. I'm tired of him walking into Charlie's, telling uh, Julian, you got to do something. I'm like, dude, if you don't go sit in a corner somewhere and shut the hell up, that's getting on my nerves. It absolutely like, is. Like, I went from being his biggest fan and applauding his acting to now you're being nervous, Nelly, and you're wearing me out. Yes. <laughs> and again, it's the same similar beats again and again and again. And they're like, oh my gosh, please, let's just move on. Either get this under control and deal with it, or... Spill your guts. And I think he's going to end up spilling his guts because he's he's a nervous wreck every time we see him. Just a freaking nervous wreck. But And he's going to have to spill his guts because there was that revelation that came up that Wiley has the same heart condition as Michael. Yeah, those are crazy. So, what are the odds that that happened? But to, to go back to what you like, they did get his, uh, a chance to have a little flashback of uh, Steve Burton holding mm. baby Michael. I know, that was so... Okay, and then I forgot this. So when they showed it, I forgot Michael had red hair for the longest time. I forgot yeah. that they had Michael playing, being played by a kid that had red hair. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. 
So now he got brown hair. Well, I was reading it there to, to make it all sync up. They're going to have him, uh, Chad, start dyeing his hair red. So they're not. That's not true. That's, I was like, <laughs> you got to be lying on that one. I'm like, for a split second, I believed you. And I was like, oh, no, they're not going to no, do that. No, that didn't happen. That actor's not going to do that. No, all right. No, no fine. Red uh, don't even suit him. Well, you know, maybe it's just a nice burnt umber. Did not say burnt umber. I can't with you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready to to close the books on another exciting week of the GH Report. But before we wrap up, Karen, how did we do? Very well. Oh, (laughs) look at that. But more Carla than me, right? Be honest. No, it was both of you all. There was a pause between there. So I know what that's. uh, Carla was great. I was a boat anchor. So nothing has changed. Thank you, Karen. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for the JH Report. As always, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and thanks everybody for hopping in the chat, sharing your thoughts. I know Carla loves to read them. Make sure you comment down below that you subscribe so she can start working on your mini bio. (laughs) She's excited. Look at that laugh. Can't with you. <laughs> and I'm your co-host, Carla Renata. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. You can also find me at 5 p.m. over at Black Hollywood Live on Black Tomatoes. You can find me Wednesday night at the Jack Ryan After Show. And you can find me tomorrow night, Monday night, at the Dancing with the Stars panel after show moderating there. Man, there's a, a plenty of opportunities for you to get <laughs> Carla in your life. Take advantage of that. Uh, one thing you can do for me, I guess, if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow me there at Happy Go Jackie. Karen, you want to follow me? Oh <laughs> uh, no! No, that was a, she. She wasn't in for that. All right, my apologies. <laughs> All right, folks, thanks for joining us for the GH Report. We'll be back here next Sunday night with another new episode right here on AfterBuzz TV. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz, see you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 